Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1991 to look at the high school under siege action adventure movie Toy Soldiers. So let's not be late for class, let's go and have a look at a trailer and I'll see you guys soon. The Regis School for Boys, where the country's best families Hey! Bring that back here! Send the world's worst students If you're gonna kick me out, kick me out Let's make four prep schools in four years You're trying for the Guinness Book of Records? But these boys are in for a real shock Fuego! If you do not produce my father unharmed, I will begin executing the hostages. I'm sure by now you have discovered who their parents are. Chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Vice Chairman of the Republican Party. What does your father do, William? Contractor. According to this, he owns the third largest construction company in the world. Yeah, he's a contractor. My boys, many of them, they have a real problem with authority. Are you with me or not? Of course we'll meet you. But if you get a shot, we're going to be PO'd. I have the assault force in a staging area five minutes away. You have seen these orange wires. These are wired to explosives. The kid can get the other students out of the line of fire. If any one of these wires is cut, they will explode! This kid has been kicked out of two schools. Or three schools. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a detonator. He's got guts. He's a leader. Billy says he can do it. I gotta believe he can. That's the signal. All right. We're really gonna do this? You bet. Soldiers. And welcome back guys, so the synopsis for this film is a group of troublemaking boys decide to take a stand when terrorists seize control of their boarding school. It's got a 111 minute runtime, and it's a R rated movie and it's classed as a action drama thriller. The movie was backed by TriStar Studios for $10 million and it made a $15 million return at the boxes so it didn't do massive but it didn't do too bad so it was sort of fairly sort of moderate box office at the time. It was directed by Daniel Petrie Jr and this is his first time directing uh, having a look at his IMBD and he's actually the writer for Beverly Hills Cop so he did a lot of writing work for directing. And this film was written by David Cope and you may know him for films such as Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible and Spider-Man. He also wrote Indiana Jones as well. So um, so all in all we've got some talented guys attached to this film and you've also got uh, the guy who composed the score is uh, Robert Falk and you may know him for the Police Academy films. He did the score for Police Academy so when you listen to the music in this film you can just hear the tones of the police academy in the background there and the film was based on a novel by William B Kennedy of the same name uh, the only difference is that it's set in a European school and you've got um, Palestinian terrorists involved and that's pretty much the only difference really and let's have a look at the cast of this movie so you pretty much got like the sort of Brat Pack cast as they say um, so in the 80s or certainly as the 90s now that we got um, so you've got Sean Austin and you know him from like the Goonies and he did the Memphis Bell around about this time and he plays Billy Temper 
You got Will Wheaton from Stand By Me and Star Trek. He plays Joey. Keith Coogan, uh, you might never know him from Adventures in Babysitting, and he plays a character called Snuffy. Andrew Diffoff, he plays the bad guy in this, and apparently this is one of his favourite roles as an actor. And he's in a horror film called Wishmaster and Air Force One. And Louis Gossett Jr. is in this film. He's always good when you see him in a movie. He's in uh, Iron Eagle, Officer and a Gentleman, and he plays the school principal in this film, and his name is Dean Parker. And R. Lee Ermey, uh, the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, he turns up as General Kramer. And again, a little bit of trivia there is like Louis Gossett Jr. played the drill sergeant and R. L. Ermey played the drill sergeant. One in Officer and the Gentleman, one in Full Metal Jacket, so they've both turned up in the same film here, so a little bit of trivia there. Uh, D. Holm Elliott, uh, you'll know him from the Indiana Jones um, franchise. And he plays the headmaster. He's he's pretty good at that sort of role. And Michael Champion is in, in this film, and he's kind of like your go-to bad guy. He's in Beverly Hills Coppers, a bad guy, and he's a bad guy in this. And uh, he looks a little bit like uh, the Clarence Bodica character from RoboCop, where he's got the the glasses on. He just looks a bit sinister. Um, so yeah, he, he does pretty good in this. And his name is Jack Thorpe. And before I go into the production side of this film, we've got a little bit of trivia here. It's only a small amount of trivia for this film. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Andrew Diffoff, his favourite role, uh, playing a bad guy. The banana scene in this was actually ad-libbed. Do you want to pick up that banana? Um, so, Sean Austin was actually eating a banana whilst they were prepping for this scene, and... He actually threw the banana down. It's actually the scene where they take out all the furniture of Louis Gossett's um, office as a bit of a prank. And he just threw the banana down after eating it. And then uh, Louis Gossett Jr. goes, do you want to pick that up? And then the director said, let's let's keep that in the movie. That's quite good. So that was just literally just ad-libs, which is uh, funny how these ad-lib scenes become the most famous scenes in these movies. So um, there you go. There's uh, that and the other bit of trivia is that the film's got a body count or total body count of 18. So that's it guys, that's all the trivia. That's the only bit of trivia that RJ could dig up for this movie. So let's have a look at the production. So um, as I usually say, I mean, I'll go back to when I first watched this film. Um, I saw it on a trailer to another movie and I thought, wow, this looks good because at the time I was a massive fan of Die Hard, that type of siege movie was kicking around and before this film came out, when I was at high school watching Die Hard, in a funny sort of way I always thought it'd be pretty cool if they could make a film about a siege at high school and how those high school kids would deal with it. And then a couple of years later I look at a trailer and I think, wow, they, they've made that film. And when I saw the trailer I thought, this is brilliant, it's got, I noticed that it had Sean Austin in it, Will Wheaton, the dude from Adventures in Babysitting. So, I think I was about, I was in my early teens then, so I was I was all up for this film. And I watched it, hiring it from a uh, VHS rental store, and I, I came away and I was totally entertained with it. Um, and the other thing I just want to mention here, you know, it's just, <laughs> got to mention this because it's one of my loves, is I actually like the artwork to the front of this, um, to the front of the VHS cover here. It's actually the bit of artwork which I'll post on the uh, Bite Size Cinema, it's pretty cool. 
And on a little bit of a segue here, guys, I do have a thumping heart for some good artwork on the VHS, and that is important. I know you can't read a book by its cover, but you can with your VHS for me. Um, and I just think that's important. I've seen some rubbish artwork for um, films, and I just think it lets it down because I would say that is your, your candles on top of the icing on the cake. You can just make it. So there you go. Slight little segue there. But getting back to the film, um, so after doing a little bit of prep work for this, um, there was a couple of lines on IMBD uh, when doing the research on the internet, which um, that actually made a really good point, and it's it's a point which is right in front of you, which you can overlook. But they said it's one of the last action movies to have a basic um, special effects before the reliance of computer generated special effects which came out um, a year after this with Terminator 2 and then when Terminator 2 came out that was it it's like the new generation of computer graphic effects so uh, you could say this was like one of the last action movies just to have no computer effects at all and then after actually reading that quote it's actually quite a good point actually and it's a point which it's always right in front of you but you don't realize it until someone says it so in that sort of early part of the 90s um you know before 91 all the films that we watched then in the 80s like all the canon films all the action movies like predator um rambo die hard they were all um all the, the effects and the explosions all real or pyrotechnics and stuff like that and then you had terminator so it's quite a big game changer in cinema Terminator 2 and to how we actually see films today with all the special effects and stuff like that so um, I never thought I'd be digging out Terminator 2 reviewing this film but that's where it has led me so all in all as a roundup, uh, Toy Soldiers is like one of the last um, action movies with basic practical special effects um, in the early 90s and I say it's just one of them I'm not saying it's the only one but it's part of that group but um, yeah, all in all, uh, the other thing I was going to mention, it is, a, is an underrated film. I wouldn't say, I don't think it's got a cult status, I'm not sure, because I don't really hear that many people talking about this film, but when I do bring this film up or post it online, the response is quite good, and a lot of people say, hey, Toy Soldiers, I remember that film, that's a really good film, so the response like that is really good, so what I would say is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a cult film, but what I would say, I think it's a gem, I think it's a gem, I think it's... Um, it's a little bit underrated and when people re-watch this film, certainly when I re-watched it, I thought it was actually a little bit better than I remember. It's actually quite a solid film. So there you go guys, that's a bit of a round-up and a sort of building platform for how this film got put into production and all that sort of stuff with all the cast and trivia and things like that. So let's have a look at a bite-sized review of this film. So the film starts with terrorists taking over the Palace of Justice in Colombia and you're introduced to our main antagonist Lou Cully and his right hand man Jack Thorpe who is an American and these guys are worthy of having their backsides kicked by Chuck Norris I'm just saying that when I first watched this film and I saw this sequence I thought am I watching a canon film have I just walked into uh, Delta Force or something like that? But it's not. But I'm just saying, these, these bad guys are definitely worthy of some Chuck Norris action. But anyway, going back to the film. Um, so they are demanding the release, or he is demanding the release, of his drug-kimping father, Enrique Calais. But he's uh, found out that he has actually been taken to the United States uh, for a trial. 
Calais then escapes with Jack Thorpe for a helicopter with a load of weapons and they manage to get through the US through the Mexican border with the objective to release his father. You were then introduced to Regis High School and um, the teenage boys with wealthy influential parents and there's a group of pranksters there led by Billy Tepper, played by Sean Austin and you've got Billy's friends Joey, Hank, Ricardo, Jonathan and Phil and they're always being monitored by the school principal Dean Parker played by Louis Gossett Jr and you get a couple of scenes here where they're graffitiing the school sign saying they're rejects and Billy Temper who is kind of like the protagonist in this film he has a real problem with authority which helps him out later and even though Dean Parker is always on his case there's a little bit of a sort of love-hate relationship between them and you have some scenes here where Billy's managed to smuggle in some vodka for some um, mouthwash and how he can think outside the box with some technology where he's got a phone where he can tap into the main telephone system and then talk to a call girl and it's uh, just introduces a little bit of comedy to the um, film and again you've got Dean Parker who um, infiltrates these shenanigans and he tells um, Billy he says look if you carry on like this you're gonna get expelled for the fourth time you've already been expelled three times now so it just sort of builds his character up a little bit and amongst this uh, group of friends is a guy called Phil and his father is a federal judge who's going to be dealing with the case of Enrique Calais trial. So him and his family are taken away by the FBI for protection. And then the next day Louis Calais turns up with his group of henchmen and they overtake the school. They kill the campus police officer and one of the faculty members and they rig the whole campus up with explosives which is uh, rigged to a detonating device on Louis's arm and they've also got heavy artillery on top of the uh, rooftop so no one can escape and because uh, Phil had left prior to uh, Louis's arrival he has now taken the whole school as hostage the local sheriff has a go at trying to take him on but as he drives his car and he gets taken out by a 50 cal machine gun it's where you get like one of the first action scenes and a massive like explosion and then uh, Louis releases the faculty, including uh, Louis Gossett Jr. And the only people that he keeps in the school is obviously the students where they, they do like a head count and the headmaster and the school cooks. And at this time the army, the FBI have now arrived and they've surrounded the whole perimeter of the school trying to work out what they're going to do. Billy and his friends then decide to try and work out a way to uh, fault the terrorists and they come up with some plans. Joey says let's take him full on, let's try and get one of their weapons and then Billy says no we've got to be a little bit more clever than that, we've got to be a little bit more tactical. So Billy comes up with this plan to say that let's gather as much information about these guys, let's try and get the numbers, let's try and get their firepower, where their weapons are positioned and then let's try and get that information to the army and the FBI outside so they gather all this information then you've got a scene where you've just had this head count and then they've got an hour so then Billy escapes through the back of the school through a sewer system with all this information and he gets out and speaks to the army but then the army capture him and say right we've got to make sure you are who you are so that is then confirmed by Louis Gossett Jr. says yeah I know him, I know this kid and uh, he helps him escape to try and get back for that head count but then it's quite a sort of edge of the seat scene here you're sort of thinking oh is he going to make it back because they're doing the head count he hasn't got back the terrorists are head counting about two or three times here. and then Betty comes in and he 
he's got a towel wrapped around him, making it look, oh, I was in the shower, you know, I didn't hear the, uh, I didn't hear the bell go. You then got a scene where Joey's father, uh, which is Will Wheaton's dad, um, hears a New York City mob boss, and he has had dealings with uh, Louis's father, and he asked him to be released with some dodgy dealings that they'd done in the past, and this all gets agreed. So then Joey is brought into the office, he speaks to Louis and says, you're free to go. But Joey refuses to go, he says, I don't want to leave my friends. And he says, no, I want you off the premises, walk out. So Joey's walking across the corridor and he takes out one of the terrorists and he picks up one of the machine guns. Quite a bad scene actually, because he runs out, tries to fire the weapon, he can't fire the weapon, he goes up in the air and he ends up getting shot and he gets killed and he's left on the steps. And in retaliation to this, outside of the school, Joey's father um, arranges for Louis's father to get killed in prison. He gets his uh, throat slashed in a riot. So now Louis's father is dead, and now the FBI and the army know this, and they're thinking that if he finds out, he's more than likely going to blow up the school, so we're going to have to go in and take that school out. So the army now covertly infiltrate the school and whilst all this is happening, um, Betty and his friends come up with a plan to take out the detonator and they go through some ceiling ducts to get into uh, Louis's office and what they do here is they switch uh, some microchips from uh, Betty's friend's plane, he's got like a flying machine, he uses that microchip and then switches it with the detonator and they manage to sabotage Louis's device. And I forgot to mention this, um, Billy knows that the army is coming in because there was like a Morse code at their window with some lights. And Louis Gossett Jr. said to the army, he said, look, I know Billy, he's not going to take authority, so I know he's going to be up to some sort of plan. So between them, they, they're working together, together very cleverly. So then after sabotaging this uh, device, Billy then takes on some of the terrorists. There's a cool scene where he's on pots and pans duties in the kitchen one of the terrorists comes up to him and says what are you doing and he's, Billy goes I'm on pots and pans and he turns around and he goes pots and pans he just like smacks him around the head and takes him down he then retrieves one of their machine guns between him and his other friends I take on another terrorist and then they manage to get all the other kids into the basement underground and then Billy stays up above ground trying to fend off all the other terrorists and then at this time the army have intervened they've got the helicopters they've got all the gunships and they take on all the terrorists on the roofs. Jack Thorpe's uh, Louis' right-hand man gets blown away by a uh, 50 cal machine gun by one of the gunships. And then Bully gets captured by Louis and he gets taken as a hostage. And you get a scene here where Louis Gossett Jr. turns up with some other army guys. And you've got like a bit of a standoff here. And then, and then Louis the bad guy gets a headshot and he gets taken out. And then Bully manages to survive and get away. So that's it. That's the film. That's it. Everybody gets out terrorists get taken down and that is pretty much the end of the film guys that is it that is toy soldiers and i think my final roundup of watching this film after watching it um recently is that um it isn't like a a die-hard rip-off as such it is different film it's of the same sort of genre but they're giving you a different way of dealing with this terrorist threat in, in terms of um billy being the main protagonist he's thinking about it he's more Instead of taking the threat on head on like John McClane does, which it works out brilliantly in that film, it's more about him. So at the beginning of the film, you see him with his shenanigan, he's thinking outside the box, he's thinking how I can get liquor into the school. And it's very much a sort of thinking man's game and he's, he's using all that sort of stuff to be able to thwart the terrorists. So that's very clever and that's the main sort of 
focus of the film on how teenagers would rebel against terrorists in this sort of situation and I do actually think it could des- it probably deserves a remake I wouldn't mind seeing a remake I, would- I don't usually say um, remakes as such but I think this film could probably deserve a remake so uh, that's kind of like my final verdict on this film Oh, and one other thing to mention, I'll leave you this thought, and I did mention this at the beginning, I mentioned Chuck Norris, and what is Chuck Norris usually related to? Canon movies, and could you imagine if Canon movies got older of this film? It'd probably be different, it'd probably be Chuck Norris playing the role of a teenager being in, being a man in his 40s or something like that, and kicking the total butt out of these terrorists, so you probably would have had a different film, but there you go. That is um, me going into an... Oh, alternate universe i'll just leave you with that thought good old canon so there you go guys that's my bite-sized review of toy soldiers if you haven't seen it go check it out if you have um like i say hopefully you you appreciate it as a gem of the film as i do so let's talk about what i'm going to be doing next i will be back soon for a film called chud which came out in 1984 i believe so it's a horror film a very cheap budget film, um, which I'll get into. I'll save all that for that episode. And then after that, I'm going to be doing Fright Night from 1985. So I'm looking forward to doing that. It's a real cult classic horror movie. So look out for those guys. I'll be back soon. And as a bit of admin, I am a proud member of the Legion podcast. So check out all the other cool shows there. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on YouTube and iTunes. And I've also got a Facebook page, so um, thank you to all you guys who contribute to that page and we're just having fun, that's what it's all about and that's what the show's all about and that's why I do it. And the other thing I'll just mention here is um, I've got some uh, positive feedback from the Legion Podcast Network. The download figures are looking really good for the last uh, two months, especially where I've only just kick-started this uh, show off, it's all brand new and things like that and um, so thank you to you guys for your support and listening to the show and more importantly I do this show just just for you guys, um, I love talking movies so um, more importantly I hope I'm keeping you guys entertained and long so may it continue with all these films that are out there to explore and have a look at and all that sort of stuff so let's close the show guys, uh, keep it bite sized keep it safe and I will see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, 
Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.